Psalm chapter 30 tonight with me. Psalm chapter 30. Brother Matt, where are you at? Brother Matt, can I have you make sure the heat's off downstairs? It's, it's warm in here. And I, I believe the heat's off, but I want to double check and make sure that it is. Psalm chapter 30. I'm just going to read one verse for you tonight. Psalm chapter 30 in verse number 5. Psalm chapter 30 in verse number 5. The Bible says, For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. The Bible says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Let's pray. Father, I come to you now, and Lord, I do ask for Michelle for her health. Father, I pray that you protect her. But Lord, I pray now that we'd be able to, to turn our attention to your word. And Father, it's just... Um, Lord, Brother Tim alluded it to it. It's, it's been a busy season, Father. There's been so much going on. And Father, you've blessed. You've taken care of. You've provided. You've, you've done a wonderful work. And Father, we do. you deserve all the praise and glory and honor. And I ask that we would give it to you completely, that we'd not hold any of it back. Father, I do pray now that tonight as we look at your word, that we'd, we'd look at the subject of joy. And Father, there's, there's, a, there's supposed to be a joyful people in this world, and they ought to be Christians. And Father, I pray that you just touch our hearts concerning this thought tonight. I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Psalm chapter 30, verse number 5. It says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Let, let me say a few things here before I, before I jump into the message. Um, folks, sorrow and tribulations are a part of life. I think sometimes we get the impression that Christians are never supposed to have hard times. That's not true. All right, you're not listening to the word of God. You're not paying attention. Weeping does endure. Weeping is a part of life. Sorrow is a part of life. And there's no way around that. You're going to have to deal with that, my friend. And, and, and don't misunderstand that. I was reading over in Romans in chapter 5 and, and, and where it talks about the Christian experience and it talks about our salvation, but then it also talks about how tribulations work patience. And patience works, works experience and so on and so forth. But folks, tribulation is a part of our lives. When I got saved, God didn't automatically remove all my problems. When I got saved, everything just didn't become roses and sunshine. When I got saved, I, I still had to deal with life's problems. And my friend today, I, I don't want you to, to misunderstand what I'm saying when I talk about joy tonight. Weeping does come. You're going to have to deal with that. Tears are a part of the Christian life, very much a part of the Christian life. And there's nothing to be ashamed of in that. But I do want you to see it says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And I want to talk to you tonight about the simple topic of where is the joy? Where is the joy? I think uh, many times today we have bought into the world's philosophy of joy. And we think that our joy is in possessions. We think that our joy is in good health. We think that our joy is in a good job and our joy is in finances. Our joy is in peace and contentment as far as the world is concerned. And when those things are threatened, and they are on almost a daily basis, amen, we lose our joy. And friend, tonight, we as Christians should have something far greater and far more meaningful as far as joy is concerned. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. I want to say this, number one, as far as where is our joy, our joy is lost when we forget our salvation. Our joy is lost when we forget 
our salvation. The Bible talks about in Hebrews in chapter 2. It says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And Christian, may I say this tonight? We need to go back in our lives to the day that we got born again. My friend, when you got born again, you got something that trumps anything and everything this world can throw at you. Now, if you do not have a day of your salvation, today is the appointed time. And don't you dare wait on getting saved and getting born again. You trust Christ. But my friend, if you have a day of salvation, when the trials of life begin to threaten you and weeping comes for a night, I want you to remember something. And the first thing that I need, I need you to remember is the joy of your salvation. Brother, when you got saved, you got everything God has to offer you as far as eternity is concerned. And I'm so thankful for that. What a blessing to know that I am a child of God, that heaven is my home. And by the way, the, the, the real heaven, the only heaven, I'm not in the second tier, amen? I get weary of these false doctrines and these false cults that teach that, well, you, you won't be in heaven. You'll be in a second-tier realm. Brother, I ain't in a second-tier realm. I get the whole thing. I'm a child of God. I'm a joiner with Jesus. Don't let you anybody tell you different. My friend, tonight, we've got to go back in our minds to the day that we got born again. And my friend, if you are born again, that ought to stir something in your heart tonight. You may be experiencing some, some difficulty as far as the doctor's office is concerned. But brother, you got a day that you can go back to when you got saved. And my friend, when you got saved, God gave you life. Life eternally. And what a blessing that is. And tonight, may I ask you, where is the joy? Have you lost your joy because you've forgotten your salvation? My friend, I'm going to tell you this. Though you may be weeping, you ought to be able to rejoice in the simple fact that you are God's child. Amen. Do you understand that? I mean, we say, well, well, pastor, you don't know how bad my life is. Brother, you have forgotten how good your salvation is. Your salvation is a wonderful blessing. It is, what ought, it is what keeps us going and should keep us going no matter what may happen. And friend, tonight, understand that. If you have your salvation, you have the ability to have the joy of the Lord in your life tonight. You say, Pastor, it's, it's hard. Boy, I've, I've, I've got disappointing news. The, 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 the job situation is tenuous at best. The, the finances are tight. Everything seems to be falling down around me. My friend, go back to the night or go back to the day when you trusted Jesus Christ and there and there alone will you be able to find some joy that you can cling to and that you can have as you deal with the problems of life. You see, many of us have lost our joy because we've forgotten our salvation. My friend, may I ask you, when's the last time you spend any segment of time rejoicing in the fact that you're born again? You know, as I, as I read through Paul's epistles, Paul continually refers to his salvation. 
continually. He keeps coming back to the joy of His salvation. He talks about rejoicing in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And it refers to His salvation. And my friend tonight, as a child of God, we've got to, and honestly, I'll be very honest, if this is the only point you get tonight, if this is all the further this message goes, and I'm not going to be done anytime soon, but if this all, if all the further this message went tonight, this would be enough. Because my friend, you are born again. You are a child of God if you've accepted Jesus Christ. And don't let anything keep you from focusing on that. I'm God's child tonight. The world can take everything I have, but I'm still God's child. I mean, the government can come in and cause me problems. Our society can try to condemn me, but brother, I'm still God's child. There is something that this world cannot take away. And how foolish for me to be worried about things that are temporal when I have the greatest thing that is eternal. Folks, salvation is forever. And, I, and you need to understand that. It seems as if we've forgotten that, Christian. We talk about how wonderful it is to be saved, but when's the last time you truly rejoiced that you were saved? When's the last time you just sat down, and, and whether it be in prayer, whether it be in reading your Bible, and just looked up to heaven and began to rejoice in the simple fact that you are going to heaven when this mess down here on earth is done? Do you understand that? I mean, does anybody grasp the simple fact that you are going to heaven? Isn't, you know, we sing the song, heaven's a wonderful place. God tells about it in his word. And we sing that with a straight face. We sing that without thinking. This morning we were singing, everything's all right in my father's house. And folks, I'm going to tell you something that doesn't get past our brains. It doesn't touch our hearts. And we just sit there and we'll sing those songs emotionally. We'll, 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 we'll just go through life and just say, well, well, you, it's good. It's good. No, brother, it's not good. It's great. And we ought to rejoice more in our salvation than we ought to when the Milwaukee Brewers are on a seven-game winning streak. We ought to rejoice more in our salvation than when the Packers win a football game. We ought to rejoice more in our salvation than we get a $2 an hour raise at work. We ought to rejoice more in our salvation than when our child makes the honor roll at such and such school. We ought to rejoice in our salvation because, my friend, that is where true joy is found. And tonight, many Christians are living in a miserable state. And I'm going to tell you this, it's because they've forgotten their salvation. I'm not saying they lost it, brother. They forgot about it. And how sad. What a, what a, what a sad accusation to put on our tables. We have salvation. Number two tonight, where is the joy? We've lost fellowship with God. We've lost fellowship with God. This morning I referenced the story of David's sin with Bathsheba. David committed adultery with that woman. David went on to murder her husband, gave the order to murder him. David has a prophet by the name of Nathan who visits him. And Nathan gives David a parable or a story and asks David's judgment on the manor. David's response is that man should die for what he's done. And Nathan, after David has 
given judgment upon himself, says, Thou art the man, David. When David is confronted with the truth, praise God, David repents and gets right with God. In Psalm chapter 51, you'll find David's prayer. And one of David's requests is that he would not take away the Holy Spirit's presence of God from his life. He says, take not thy spirit from me. And my friend tonight, may, may I say this. You see, David prayed that prayer because David had watched a man by the name of King Saul. King Saul, once upon a time, was the, 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 the high mucky muck in Israel. He, he was the king. He was head and shoulders above every man. He was a great man. He, he, he had the power of God upon his life. Saul was a mighty leader, a mighty soldier, a mighty warrior, and he had it all. But Saul was rebellious in his heart. And Saul defied God and his commandments. And God removed his hand from that man. And David had watched a great man lose fellowship with God. And my friend tonight, I, I, I just want to say this. See, the reason David prayed that is because he had seen it happen in the life of the man who had preceded him as king of a nation. And tonight, may I ask you, hey, where's the joy? Maybe you've lost fellowship with God. Oh, you're still in church and you still read your Bible and you still pray from time to time, but you've lost fellowship with God. Brother, just, just because a husband and a wife are still living in the same house, under the same roof, sharing the same last name, does not mean they share fellowship one with another. There are a lot of so-called marriages today that are that in name only. They're not that in spirit. Oh, they inhabit the same dwelling. But brother, they don't have fellowship and communion one with another. They are just living under the same roof. And I fear that is the case sometimes when we walk into the house of God. Oh, we're under the same the roof together. And God's in the building because where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. But let's be honest, we have no fellowship one with another. And my friend tonight, may I ask you, if you've lost your joy, maybe you need to check on your lost fellowship with your God. Just because you say, well, I wore a tie to church tonight, does not mean you have fellowship with God. Just because you say, well, well, I, I, I came to the altar this morning, does not mean you have fellowship with God. Brother, when you have fellowship, you have two fellas in the same ship. Amen? You have two people going in the same direction. Amos chapter 3 and verse 3. Can two walk together unless they be agreed? The rhetorical answer is of course. You have to be walking together in agreement to be walking in the same direction. And my friend tonight, there are some of us in this room that are not in fellowship with God although we are acting as if we have fellowship with God. Hey, where's the joy, Christian? Where's the joy? You know, folks, I'll tell you this. When you and God are walking hand in hand, no matter what happens in this world, you're okay. Please understand that. I mean, you go through the book of Acts. The book of Acts was the founding of the New Testament church. That church exploded onto the scene. And I'm going to tell you, those were a joyful, triumphant people. But may I also say, they were a tried people. I mean, these people had to watch as the apostles were martyred for their faith. 
They had to watch as their possessions were taken away. You study the, the, history, the history of it, and they had, they had to watch as their jobs were given to other pagans. You see, these Christian people, they were tried for their faith, yet in the middle of their faith, they had great joy. And I'm going to tell you why they had great joy. It was, number one, because they knew they were saved and they were God's child. But secondly, they had fellowship with their God. And tonight, Christian, could we testify in our personal lives, hey, tonight I am walking in fellowship with my God. I have fellowship with my Savior. I have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He speaks to my heart. I'm going to tell you something, folks. When we have an altar call and people come up to pray, I'll tell you this. Boy, if God lays something on my heart, I am tempted to go to the altar. But when God does not touch my heart when His Word is preached, I have to go to the altar. And I'm just going to tell you that personally. I want to be in fellowship with my God. I want, when I pray, to feel the presence of God in the room. I want, when I read my Bible, to receive something from my God. And tonight I fear that many Christians have just walked the walk. But brother, we're not in fellowship with Him. And when that happens, you lose the joy. Let me jump back to marriage for a moment. When you lose fellowship, you no longer rejoice because of the other's presence. Your heart doesn't skip a beat anymore. You don't look forward in anticipation to them coming home from work. It no longer is important that you go out and spend some time one-on-one -on -one together sitting over dinner and conversing. It just doesn't matter. May I tell you tonight, if that is such a case, you've lost fellowship. But friend, more importantly, as far as our Christian lives are concerned, have you lost fellowship? You say, well, well pastor, I mean, how, 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 how dare you say that I've lost fellowship? Don't you see me here tonight, my friend? I'm not talking about, I'm talking about in your heart of hearts, you know whether you're walking with God or not. And I can't answer that question for you. But tonight, if your joy is gone, is it because you've lost fellowship with God? Thirdly tonight, as far as where is your joy, have you lost fellowship one with another? I'm not going to take you to a ton of scripture, but in 1 John chapter 1, go over there with me. 1 John in chapter 1. In verse number 5, it says this, This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, with God, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. First John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. You see, folks, here's what happens. If Brother Holfeld and I desire to have fellowship with God, and that is our heart's desire, and that happens, guess what happens as far as he and I are concerned? We have fellowship one with another. Why? Because we're in tune with the same God. 
And friend, tonight, I want to say this. Hey, when you get out of sorts within your Christian brother, you have a tendency to lose sight of fellowship with God. If you don't believe me, go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Verse 20 of 1 John chapter 4. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his, what? Brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? In this commandment, have we from him that he who loveth God love his brother also. My friend, tonight, may I say one of the reasons you may have lost your joy is you lost fellowship one with another. You say, well, well, it doesn't matter if I get along with my Christian brothers or sisters. Yes, it does. And when our heart is bitter or envious or hateful against that person or against the world, amen, brother, God says, you don't love me. He says, how can you love someone you haven't seen when you don't love someone you have seen? And my friend, tonight, if I can't love the guy sitting in the front row over here, God says, you can't love me properly because he said, he's your brother and you see him and you know him and yet you refuse to love him, so don't tell me you love me. And my friend, tonight, we may have lost our joy because we have lost fellowship one with another. I don't mean that Drake and I are going to see eye to eye on everything. What I am going to say, if he's walking with God and I'm walking with God, we're going to have fellowship. But when I think I'm better than him or I condemn him or I try to push him out of my way and I lose fellowship with him, brother, I just lost fellowship with God. Because I got occupied with him. And when I got occupied with him, I took my focus off of him. You say, well, well, pastor, I mean, I, I mean, there's just some people who naturally just don't get along. Brother, not in God's family. Do you know what God, I, I can just imagine this. I can imagine God taking us that are, that are feisty little children, amen? And he's going to sit us down one day. And he's going to say, hey, you and you, come here. And he's going to say for the next 10,000 years, because that's only 10 days with God. He said, you two are going to fellowship one with another. Ah! He's going to say, you couldn't get along down there on earth, so you're going to get along up here. Now, folks, tonight I want to say this. See, one of the reasons we lose our joy is because we lose our fellowship one with another. Hey, folks, the church of Jesus Christ is a place where people ought to truly and genuinely care for their brothers and sisters. It is sad to me. We, you've heard it said that the, the, the Christian family is the only one that shoots their wounded. Folks, I'm going to tell you this. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things I struggle with about my brother and about my sister. Amen. She, she has a birthday next Sunday, and we're going to embarrass her. It's old-fashioned Sunday. That's in my sister's honor. Okay? But, but I'm teasing. There are some things I struggle with. Hey, let's face it. We don't always agree on everything. If she were to get up here, she could toast me six ways to Sunday. I will never give her the microphone. But I want you to know this. Though we may not agree on everything, nobody messes with my sister because if they mess with my sister, buddy, they mess with me. Yeah, that's right, Gretchen. But folks, I'm going to tell you something. As far as God is concerned, there is a family that trumps 
physical family. And that is the family of God. Because in 1 John 1, 7, we were all cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you've heard it said that blood is thicker than water. There's no blood that is thicker than the blood of Jesus Christ. That blood is still sufficient to cleanse us from all our sins. And my friend, tonight, the Christian family should be a family that says, hey, world, you want to pick on my brother? You picked a fight with me. Your brother may be wrong and dead wrong, but that didn't matter when you were kids, did it? If they were picking on your brother, you went and you defended him, and afterwards you kicked his tail yourself. Yes? And folks, tonight I'm telling you, the problem in Christianity today, as far as our joy is concerned, may be linked to the fact that we've lost fellowship one with another. We no longer care for our Christian brothers and Christian sisters. And I'm not talking about the church that's two hours away. I'm talking about the church that is here. We ought to care about one another more than we care about those in the world. And it's sad to me that that is not the case. Christian tonight, if you've lost your joy, it may be that you've lost your fellowship with your brother or sister. I'm not saying you can change people. I'm not saying you can make people get along with you. What I am saying is you can love them. You say, well, I don't like them, but I love them. No, you don't. (laughs) You love them. Just determine in your heart, I love them. I love them. That's my brother. That's my sister. that's, That's my family. I love them. They may hurt you, and God knows they will. I'm not going to lie to you, but you love them. They're going to stab you in the back from time to time, but you love them. Just love them. And folks, I'm going to tell you this. We lose our joy when we lose fellowship one with another. Fourthly tonight, I just want to say this as far as where is the joy. Number one, I said we've, we've forgotten our salvation. Number two, we've lost fellowship with our God. That's why we lose our joy. Number three tonight, we've lost fellowship one with another. Number four, we lose, and I I don't want to sound secular when I say this, but we lose the beauty of what life is. You know, my friend, tonight, God has given us some wonderful things. He has. May, May I say that God has blessed every single one of us more than we deserve? And I, if you have problems tonight, you have trials, I'm not making light of those. But I just want us all to know, we lose the beauty of what God's given us. We get so focused in on our problems that we forget on a day like today. You know, we get fo- so focused on the snow at 8 a.m., we don't see the sunshine all afternoon. We get so focused on the fact that it's 25 degrees when we get up that we lose that it was 55 degrees this afternoon. Well, well uh, it, 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 uh, 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 my life is terrible, brother. It, it's really not as bad as you think it is. And folks, I, I, I wish, <laughs> I don't wish, I'm thankful God doesn't. But you know, there are so many people tonight that have it so much worse than we do. And they're not complaining. We are. Well, we're just, I mean, we're just angry at the world, man. We're just mad at anything that gets close to us. But friend, tonight, don't lose the beauty of what God's doing. And years ago in Bible college, uh, Miss Marlene Evans, and she fought with cancer. Some of you know who she was. Fought with cancer for years. She wrote a book. And the title of the book was, I'm going to live till I die. 
She was one of the most, she taught, she taught our speech and our psychology classes. And, and she'd come back from Mayo Clinic with a terrible report. I was, I, was, I was in college when she passed away. And she'd come back with a terrible doctor's report. And she'd praise God. You almost wondered if she was nuts. But she said, I'm going to live till I die. And she'd tell some funny story about how, how on the way to the hospital, they're, 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 they drove through a snowstorm and their car slid off the road and hit this big snowbank and nobody got hurt and the car was fine and they backed it out and drove away. She just said, I'm going to live till I die. And folks, tonight, I, I wish that, you know, and I, I, as you read the Psalms, that's what you see in the life of David. You see a broken heart. You see weeping. You see sorrow. You see hurt. But at the end of it, you see a man who said, you know what, but God is good and God has provided and I'm not going to cut my life short and I'm not going to live here in sackcloth and ashes forever. Oh, I'll hurt tonight, but joy comes in the morning. And my friend tonight, would you just understand, hey, God's been very good to us and why don't we instead of complaining, and I, I need the message as much as anybody in here probably more, but instead of complaining, why don't we rejoice and thank God and just say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to live until the day the Lord takes me home. If God allows my body to be afflicted with a disease, I'm going to live till God takes me home. Hey, if, if, if I don't ever have a lot of money and I don't have what the, the, the liberals call the American dream, I'm going to be happy and be content and be thankful until the Lord takes me home. Hey, folks, can I tell you this? It's not he who wins with the most toys. All right? It's he who has the Savior, Jesus Christ, that wins. And friend, tonight, understand the simple fact. Hey, if you got Christ, if, if, if you got Christian brothers and sisters, if you're walking in fellowship with God, then you just determine in your heart to live until the Lord takes you home. And don't let anybody tell you differently. We become too introspective. We become too self-centered. We seem interested only in our desires and our wants and our wishes, our hopes, and our dreams. Christian, tonight it's time to get the microscope off of you and open your eyes to what's going on. It's time that we focus on life the life that God has given us. And say, though I may not have all that the world says I need to have, and folks, you don't want what the world says you need to have. I'm going to live. And I'm going to serve my God. And I'm going to love my God. And I'm going to rejoice in my God until the day the Lord takes me home. And friend, I'm going to tell you something. You get your mind wrapped around that, it'll do something in your heart. Because you won't sit there at home and pine away for something you can't have or something you can't change. I don't like living here. I don't like this house. I, I wish my kids were like their kids. I wish my husband were like that husband. I wish my, I this. And we do that. And we just, we, just, we just complain and we gripe and we look at what we've got and we don't like it. And friend, what we need to do is just be like the Apostle Paul who said, I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. He said, I can rejoice when I got a full plate of food and I can rejoice when I got nothing but stale bread and warm water. And my friend tonight, would we just choose in our hearts to say, God, I'm going to be thankful for what you've allowed. I'm going to rejoice in it as best I can. But brother, I'm going to live till you take me home. And my friend tonight, have you lost your joy? Have you lost your joy? If you have, 
Maybe you need to remember your salvation. Have you forgotten it? Have you lost fellowship with God? Have you lost fellowship with your brother or sister in Christ? And lastly, have you lost the beauty of life? Folks, the life we have is beautiful in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is. It's filled with troubles and temptations. It's filled with (laughs) thorns on that rose stem. But God is the one who allowed us to have this life tonight. Rejoice in that. Don't become so self-centered that you lose sight of what God's doing around you. Let me close with this illustration. Blind Bartimaeus was a lame man. Blind Bartimaeus heard one day that Jesus was coming. I believe the city was Jericho. Blind Bartimaeus saw a crowd coming. A multitude always seemed to gather around Jesus Christ. It ought to tell you what kind of people person he was. But the Bible says blind Bartimaeus began to cry out. Just screaming and hollering. And they told him to shut up. He was blind Bartimaeus. It wasn't lame. He was blind. Forgive me. But Bartimaeus wouldn't shut up. And he went quiet down. And finally, he got the attention of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus came over to him and said, Bartimaeus, what would you have me do unto you? And he said, Lord, I'd like to receive my sight. And Jesus gave him his sight. See, blind Bartimaeus was blind. But he had his sight restored. He wasn't a man who focused in his problems. I wonder how many blind men did not have their sight restored. Because they sat there in their little begging area bemoaning their problems. My life is terrible. It's not fair. God, why do you do this to me? And they missed the fact that Jesus walked by. Folks, I want to tell you this. You know, I won't say you're all guilty of that, but I know I am. I can get so focused on my problems, I miss the fact that my God walks by. And he would have restored what was lost. You see, you need to rejoice. Don't lose the beauty of this life. My friend tonight, let me ask you as I close, where is the joy? Let's go and stand to our feet. Folks, I know it's, it's, it's not been a complex sermon at all. But I hope it's been a message that touches your heart. Because today, let's face it, there's a lot of Christians running around with that have no joy. I, weeping does come for a night. It does. 
you know, I'm not, I'm not against tears. I'm not against a broken heart. I'm not against sorrow. I, it, it's, it's, it's part of life. But joy cometh in the morning. And my friend tonight, would you please? I know, I know there's some things that you're struggling with. But joy comes in the morning. My friend, have you forgotten the joy of your salvation? Have you lost fellowship with your God? Have you lost fellowship with your Christian brother? And last, have you lost the beauty of this life? My friend, if you have, I'd encourage you as the instruments begin to play to come down to the altar and you take it up with God himself. Well, folks, praise the Lord. Wonderful, wonderful to see you tonight. Be in prayer for Michelle Betting, uh, that God would take care of her. I'm going to slip right down there after I, uh, we dismiss tonight and just and go to the hospital. So forgive me if there's some things that need to be taken care of. Um, I'll get back to them as soon as I can. But uh, be praying for her. Folks, but, but let's, let's grasp the importance of being joyful people. And, and there's a reason why. It's not we're oblivious. It's, folks, it's because we know. Do you understand that? There's, there's a, a person who is happy for no reason is a fool. A, a person that is happy for the right reasons is wise. And tonight, if you have the joy of the Lord, you're wise. Amen. You're wise. Let's be dismissed with a word of prayer. Wonderful to see you tonight. Brother Mike Reed, can you dismiss us, please?